The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, we are here with an episode of Barely Filtered with Kristen Aurora and Kara Santana, who happens to be one of my very besties. But Kara is an actor. She's an entrepreneur, a social activist, and most recently a director. Kara is a mentor for those on the path to sobriety, and she lives by the principles of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Kara will be 20 years sober on April 1st and is a living testament to the power of healing through a life of service. Thank you for being here today, Kara. You're so welcome. I'm glad that all that texting this morning for my introduction turned out well. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally like, Kara, what do you? What do I call you? Well, I'm like driving on my way here. See, I can really throw some shit together, can I? <laughs> she really, she really prepped for this interview. <laughs> She's like, I how many like, years of sobriety do you have again? <laughs> listen, I, if it's like one of my friends coming in, I feel like it's better to not do like all the prep because it just like then we can have a more organic conversation. And not to mention, Kara and I. I see each other every Tuesday because Kara holds a meeting at her house, which has been such it's just like something I look forward to so much because, you know, if you're not on the path to sobriety, this episode is still for you. And what I've learned is that the key messaging of something like the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, which I wish they would call it something other than Alcoholics Anonymous, because it's not just for alcoholics, right? Like, Kara, you've been sober for almost 20 years. And before I understood all this, I was like, you're not an addict. Like, you're like, you're, it's been forever. Like, you're, or you're not you're, an alcoholic. Or you're healed. Yeah. Like, why do you still go to meetings? And why do you still practice? So, like, can you talk to people a little bit about why is this something that you're still doing when clearly this has not been a problem for you for a very long time? But first, can you tell us like where this started and what led you to sobriety? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest way to sum it up is that, you know, the use of alcohol, alcoholism is a symptom to a problem. And the problem centers in the mind, right? And so ever since I was a little girl, I always felt different. I didn't feel like I fit in. I wasn't a part of. I sort of had this theme that like, as I am, I'm not enough, even though I didn't really have those words at the time. But I just felt disconnected and separate from everyone else. And I would say my insides didn't match everyone else's outsides, if that makes sense. And so I had this sort of mental obsession of like not being good enough and nothing could fill that void until... I got alcohol and drugs for the first time and then all of that sort of went away and I stopped caring about what other people thought. I stopped caring about what I thought about myself and it was just a a level of serenity that I wasn't able to experience without some form of aid, right? It's like I wasn't handed the rule book for living. You know, most people have these tools, these tools that they just inherently know how to pick up. And for me, I just didn't have those tools. And I think the great thing about recovery in the 12-step program is that you're provided these tools and anyone can learn from these tools, you know, whether it's taking accountability, the inside work, prayer and meditation, power greater than yourself that you sort of turn things over to, acceptance. All of these are like general principles that anyone can benefit from. But in my experience, in my addiction, I I was lacking all of those tools. So the reason that I continue to practice my recovery today is because I'm not treating my alcoholism 
with alcohol anymore. So I need some sort of other solution. And for me, that's a spiritual solution, a solution of service and a solution of accountability for myself. And that's what the 12 step program is all about. Do you think you have to hit rock bottom in order to recognize that you need help? Like when you hit rock bottom, what was that like if there was a rock bottom? And did you immediately turn to the 12 step program? Did it take Mm. something for you to like, what, what did it take for you to turn to that? It's a great question. So I think everyone's rock bottom is different. So it's like comparing my rock bottom to somebody else's rock bottom is it's not analogous because everyone has a different bottom. For me, I almost died of a drug overdose. My bottom was like very clear. I was, you know, 18 years old. I was living by myself in Van Nuys, California, no shade to the valley, but that was not where I wanted to go (laughs) and like go like as in leave this earth. And, you know, I, I had really lost everything in my life connection with my amazing family. I was, you know, spiritually and morally bankrupt. You know, every boundary I had set for myself, I had broken every invisible line I had crossed. And it was just really me and my addiction. And one night it was just, I guess I just did too much. And I I OD'd and I knew it was happening immediately. And I had not talked to God in a really long time. And I, as it was happening, it's, you know, undeniable the experience of an overdose. I don't wish that on anyone, but you know exactly what's happening. And I was like, God, if you get me through this, like I'll never drink and use again. I promise, just like, please. It's what we call a foxhole prayer. And ultimately what ended up happening is I survived that drug overdose. And I was like, okay, this is it. Like I, I, I cannot do drugs anymore. And I know I can't drink because when I drink, I do drugs and everything goes off the rail and I don't want to die, but I didn't have a solution. And so I just kind of was like trying to get by, but my life was much more unmanageable than it was when I had a solution because drugs and alcohol were my solution. Now I have nothing. So I'm just like rolling through life, like, you know, restless, irritable, discontent, just like completely like unable to connect with anyone. And I was standing outside of a coffee bean four and a half years dry, as we call it. And this guy in all white this like gorgeous guy who I was like, that's the man I'm going to marry, like <laughs> walks up the stairs and I didn't know him, never seen him before. didn't know his name, anything about him. And I don't know, like some power greater than myself, like brought us together. He invited me to dinner. I went to dinner. He asked me if I want anything to drink. I was like, I don't drink. He was like, are you an alcoholic? I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, that feels intense. And he was like, are you? And I was like, no, I just, I don't, I just don't drink. I don't know what that is. Cause where I grew up, like people didn't talk about alcohol. So it was highly stigmatized. And he was like, no worries. And then the next day he texted me and said, do I want to go to a meeting? And I thought, well, this relationship's moving very quickly. I don't even know what he does for a living. And he's already inviting me to a business meeting. (laughs) 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 But I had nothing else going on in my life. So I went and he ended up taking me to my first meeting of of recovery. Oh my God, who is, is this, this guy? Shannon? My boyfriend. No! This I love this story. Yeah. I have the chills. I love this story yeah. so much. Wait, it's so funny because I can imagine him in a white outfit. Because literally, I'm we just saw him in white. To Olivia's it thing. was Prada. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a Prada dress. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing a Prada dress to Olivia's engagement party. But yeah, and and you know, we didn't stay together. And I was like, this is the guy I'm supposed to marry. And you know, you know, he has his own story, whatever. That's his business. We didn't stay together, and I was certain he was the one. But you know. God had different plans, but it all came back around in 2020, and I couldn't be more grateful. We're actually moving into our home together this week. Oh, my gosh. I love this so much because that's a true testament of like, because like you said, you you didn't stay together. You went, you know, you had relationships with other people, and somehow 
through the power of God or the universe, whatever you want to call it, was like, nope, now. Because I remember talking to you before you guys got back together or we're mm-hmm. getting back together. And it was like, I don't know. I just felt like the universe was like, you guys need to go through these things. Mm-hmm. You need to handle some shit on your own to be stronger individuals to come back together. And I just think that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, it's, a, it's a genuine, most beautiful love stories I've ever heard. Oh, I love yeah. it. I'm going to cry. I, I know. It, it, oh. it really is very special because it's just like, I don't know, trust the timing of your life. You yeah. know, it's like you just never know, but it always works out better than you can imagine. Right. And I think, too, what you said about trusting the timing of your life, especially when you're at a low or you're because I, I imagine as an addict, every day is a struggle, right? You hear that all the time. And it's like you do need to trust the timing of your life, even when you're going through the shit like God, like God or whoever has just they always say like trust in his plan or trust in the universe's plan or whatever. It's like, I'm doing this for a reason. Like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And and now you guys are moving into a house together. Totally. It's like so easy to have faith or be like, oh, yeah, God's got me when everything's going your way. You're like, oh, yeah, everything's working out. I'm in alignment. God is good. But it's those moments where you're uncomfortable or you're experiencing some sort of challenge or opportunity for growth that's like, those are the times when I personally really need to remember that like God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself and like why ask why he's got me God is everything or he's nothing Mm. whatever it is that you believe right Mm -hmm. and faith and fear cannot exist together you know we say fear false evidence appearing real right it's just the idea that something is scary or bad but really it's like there's only good times or there's growing times so I'm Mm. here for them both yeah yeah for sure I mean and and Kara and I have had a friendship for um, many years I met her through my sister and my sobriety has taken interesting paths because just like what Kristen said before, she's like, do you need to hit a rock bottom? Well, like my bottom was really high, but I still knew that like that restless discontent feeling it's either like, okay, am I going to go do like, you know, 50 hours of yoga this week or am I going to drink or am I going to take out or like what am I going to numb myself with and sometimes it looked like something really healthy sometimes it looked like something not really healthy but like for me it's like yeah I wasn't like under a bridge on the 405 like a lot of people are and even in the meetings that we go to there's people like if I pick up another glass I know it's going to kill me because they can't stop drinking and in and, and a lot of those meetings I'm like well I don't relate to that like I could have a glass of wine and be fine because I could but it, I, that's why I just love like the 12 step process because it's like there's only one qualification and it's just the desire to stop whatever it is that you want to stop and in recent years I've heard you say like I use the 12 steps for thinking can you talk about that Yeah I mean I think it just goes back to this idea that like Alcohol or drugs is a symptom of a problem. The problem centers in my head. So once that solution goes away, I need to find another solution. My thinking still stays the same. I'm still obsessive. I'm still anxious. I'm still filled with all of the things I was filled before I got the drugs and alcohol. So now what do I do? I have to treat my thinking. And so how do I treat my thinking? Well, I use these tools. I pray, I meditate. I write things out. I practice gratitude. And the best, you know, and basically what the principles of recovery are in this 12-step program is service. It's like if I'm giving to others and thinking about somebody else's problem, I'm sure as shit not thinking about myself. And for this kind of addict and alcoholic, that's the best thing I can do is not be thinking about myself. 
you know, the idea that I'm filled with a hundred forms of fear, right? I'm going to lose something that I have, or I'm not going to get something that I want. That's all my self-centered fear comes down to, right? And that's the thinking. That's the disease that centers in my mind, right? And so I've got to treat that, you know, and I've got to treat that with these tools. And so that's the daily practice so that I never have to go back to that solution, you know, of drugs and alcohol. Okay, we are officially in cold season. I don't know if you guys have kids, but I sure do. And they are Jeremy. I get a cold at least every single season. And I have a secret weapon that I told you guys about before, but I'm going to remind you, you've got to get Cold Calm by Boron. Unlike conventional medications that mask symptoms, Cold Calm by Boron works with your body to relieve symptoms throughout every stage of a cold, from onset to resolution without causing drowsiness or drug interactions. It's made with pure ingredients. It's gluten-free. It doesn't contain artificial sweeteners, flavors, colors, or preservatives, and it's family-friendly. So it includes melt-away tablets for ages four and up, as well as pre-measured liquid doses for your little ones that are six months of age and older. Coldcom's melt-away tablets don't require water and are easy to take at the first sign of sneezing, runny nose, nasal congestion, or minor sore throat. So if you want to try it, please use our code, which is barely filtered at checkout. You're going to visit boronusa.com and you can get 20% off your purchase of any cold calm medicine. That's B-O-I-R-O-N-U-S-A.com. Use code barely filtered for 20% off your purchase of any cold calm medicine. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Visit boronusa.com and use code BARELYFILTERED at checkout for 20% off your purchase of any cold calm medicine. Okay, guys, if you follow me, which I hope you do at Kristen Well, duh, you know my new obsession in the supplement game is green fat. I started taking this postpartum. It is postpartum and breastfeeding safe, FYI, because I know you guys have those questions. Green fat is a brand new supplement formulated to support the aging process, not fight it. They are what they call anti-anti-aging. So I know the founder, Bill, he is the founder of Perfect Bar, amazing person, and he created this supplement, Green Fat. So Green Fat has the five essential fatty acids. It is a plant-based formula that helps support your skin, eyes, cognitive function, cardiovascular, and hormonal health. So you can spend more time doing what you love. I personally love it. I've seen a huge, huge compliment in my weight loss game. It's also helped me hormonally with my with my periods, and I just feel like I need to tell everyone about it. It's easy to use. I break my fast with it, and it does have that power of plants, so it's going to help with less inflammation, enhanced fat loss, greater gains, a better state of mind, and healthier eyes and skin. So if you want to try it out, you can go to Green Fat's website and use code BARELYFILTERED at checkout for 20% off on greenfat.com. And if you don't love it, it's 100% return guaranteed. So you're really just, just why not, you know? So again, Green Fat offers money back guaranteed with free shipping. So they'll refund every penny you paid if you don't feel a difference after taking it for two weeks. Try it risk-free with code BARELYFILTERED for 20% off. Get yours at greenfat.com and enjoy. Okay, y'all, you already know this brand I'm about to talk about is a true obsession. It runs deep. I talk about it all the time. I share what I'm wearing. 
You all always want to know what I'm wearing on vacation in Cabo. I just went to New York. It's where'd you get that jacket? Where'd you get those boots? 99.99% of the time, it's from Revolve. I love Revolve. I share with you guys all the time because I love how easy it is. First of all, you're going to get quality clothes. If you're not familiar with Revolve, Revolve has 500 brands spanning high-end, merging and exclusive labels and fashion, beauty, and home goods. So you can really find everything there. But what I love most is that you know what you're going to get. It's going to be quality. You're going to have amazing customer service. And you know, if you don't like what you ordered, it's an easy return policy. It's money back guaranteed. And it's like, it comes with a shipping label. It, it, it takes two days to get to your house. I mean, what can't you love about this brand? So check it out. This is my go-to for vacation, day-to-day loungewear, Weddings, especially, oh my gosh, every wedding dress I guess I've ever worn has been from Revolve. So check it out. Revolve always delivers with free and fast two-day shipping and returns. So if something pops up last minute, they have got you covered. Visit revolve.com slash barely filtered. That's revolve.com slash barely filtered to shop my favorites for all of your upcoming plans this season. That's R-E-V-O-L-V-E dot com slash barely filtered revolve.com slash barely filtered and enjoy from the offices of create and cultivate i'm jacqueline johnson the host of work party a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams work party is paving the way for a new generation of women women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. People say like, oh, an addict, like there's a chemical imbalance or it's genetic. Mm-hmm. What are your beliefs of it being genetic or trauma-based or can it be both? You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really fully know the answer to that. In my experience, like if in my family history, we don't have any alcoholism or addiction in my family history. That's crazy. I feel like I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have that. I also didn't experience any insane trauma. Like I grew up in a two-parent household. My parents have been married for 45 years. And they're the sweetest. They're the sweetest, <laughs> like most normal people. And yet I still had this thing, you know? So I believe that I was born with that thing. I think that other people have long histories of addiction in their family and they're not addicts. Mm -hmm. Other people, they do and they can trace it back to them. Some people have trauma and they turn to drugs and alcohol. I don't think that everyone who uses drugs and alcohol is an addict, by the way. Like, I think there's varying degrees to substance use disorder. And so what makes me an alcoholic is that I'm bodily and mentally different. But, you know, I, I believe you can hurt your back and get on opiates and be chemically addicted, Mm -hmm. you know, to opiates. But once you're removed from it, you can, you know, go on functioning, functioning as a normal member of society. So I don't purport to know all the answers. I know enough to know I know nothing. But in my experience, I think that you I've seen it both in nurture and in nature. When do you think because we were just discussing before you got here, like this episode is for everyone, because I feel like everyone knows someone who's either sober and an addict or maybe needs help or has someone in their family that needs help. When do you think is a good time to find that line of like, oh, they're, you know, quote unquote, a regular person who can drink fine and have no issues 
maybe you see a friend, you're like, it's time to step in. When when is it time to step in? I think when you personally decide, mm-hmm. you know, it's a gut feeling. Yeah, I think it's like a person only changes when the fear of staying the same is greater than the fear of change. My experience, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I'm willing to do something different. And I don't think that you can make that decision for anyone else. You have to make it for yourself once you're ready. You know, for me, I was like, I don't want to die. And that's, you know, very close to what just happened. And so this is, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to live like this anymore. What was that like? Because, you know, you hear of like, I saw a light or I saw God or I saw it. It was, what was that in that moment to take you back? What was that moment like? Because you said you said it a couple of times, like I knew it, I knew I was Odin. How do you know you're Odin? Well, it's a very specific feeling. I mean, the best way that I could like draw, you know, something similar to it is like, okay, if you take a match, I once heard someone explain it this way, and this is pretty good. Take a match and you light it on the back of a matchbook. That immediate heat that just comes up oh. guts through your whole body. You know, my hands went numb, my toes went numb. I was in what's called like a brownout where you're like. You're kind of conscious, but you're not fully conscious. My heart was racing, and I knew I was like, "Did you call the?" Uh, I called my mom. So you were able wow. to at least do that. Thank wow. God. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I feel, and uh, unfortunately, it happens way, way too often. And have you seen since you've been in the program for a while? Have you seen success, like, or have you seen more people relapse? Well, I mean, I think it's how you define success. I mean, I I don't think relapse is a sign of failure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think relapse is a part of many people's stories who have long-term sobriety. It's not part of my story. You know, God willing, I have 19 years of continuous sobriety. And when I was done, I was done. But that doesn't mean that that's everyone's story. But yeah, I mean, I have friends who have 30 years, 45 years. You know, we have people in our lives who have incredible long-term sobriety and I I'm lucky like when I got sober there was like a group of girls that I was like friends with and we'd we'd go to 12-step meetings together and they're all but one is is still sober and they're all still in my life in varying degrees and they're all still sober and with the exception of that one who lives a completely normal life and drinks occasionally but so I think you you see people stay you see people go all I try and do is like participate in my recovery, carry the message to people who are interested in hearing it. Hey, you don't have to drink and use again, no matter what, if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. What do you think has attributed to your success? Because this is a, a real success story and I'm just so proud of you. And I think you're mm-hmm. such an inspiration and you've taught me so, so, so much. My mom is an addict as well. So I'm a product of that. You know, it runs in the family and I'm don't classify myself as an addict, but I do drink occasionally. What do you think has attributed to your like success and being sober for tw- almost 20 years? I think like if someone's listening, it's like, I'm struggling to stay yeah. sober, even if it's like a month or two, what can they do to like feel good about the process? It's just the willingness to do it one day at a time. There's not really some like magic potion. It's that I found a solution that worked for me, which is 12-step programs, having people that I go to who can give me suggestion because I know that my best thinking with the brain that I got gets me into whatever problem I'm in. Mm. So that brain typically isn't going to be the brain that gets me out of the solution. So I have to defer to other people. Is that a sponsor? Yeah. That's what the 12-step program calls it, sponsorship. 
and and I also have friends and you know people that that can have some objectivity, right? That I can like trust or rely on. I mean, even like I remember one night I was like spinning out uh, about something and I was with you and we went to dinner, Kristen, and <laughs> was there's two yous and you don't have the obsessive mind of the mm-hmm. alcoholic and I was like tripping out about something. I think it was like early early time in my relationship with Shannon mm-hmm. and you were just like, oh no, dude, this is that. Like it's, and it's like, oh, like I couldn't get myself there. I remember that was totally. And you were struggling. And by the end of the night, I remember I was like, just call him. Yeah. And you called him and you're like, it's all good. Right. And it was all good. <laughs> it's like, and now I you're buying a house. <laughs> yeah. I can't get to a solution on my own a lot yeah. of times. And so it's like being willing to ask for help, mm-hmm. being willing to help others. And then obviously, like the spirituality part for me is a huge part, which is like, there's this power greater than myself. Call it God, call it a universal energy, call it whatever the hell you want to call it. There's something bigger than Kara in this world. And so I just have to trust that like Kara's not in control and like take my hands off the wheel. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, why I've been able to stay sober. I'm willing. I'm willing to do those things. Well, 100%. I mean, and also I just love that it does. you don't have to be you don't have to classify yourself as like an extreme alcoholic or extreme drug addict. Like if you use these 12 steps, like you can, you can get yourself out of like almost any problem because it's like, it's really just taking your hands off the wheel and turning it over to a power greater than you. Can you list the 12 steps? I know the first is to admit you have a problem. That's all I know. (laughs) Yep. The first one is to admit that you have a problem. The second one is to believe that there is a power greater than yourself. The third is to turn your life over to that power. The fourth is to make an inventory of all the people who have Mm. wronged you. The fifth one is became willing to share that inventory essentially with someone else that you trust. The sixth is to write down all your defects of character. The seven is to ask this power greater than yourself to remove those defects of character. Eight is to make a list of all the people you have harmed. Nine is to become willing to make amends to those people. 11 is to seek through prayer and meditation to continue that conscious contact with this power that you've decided that's greater than yourself. And then, oh, 10 is to, uh, sorry, skip. 10 is to uh, continue to take personal inventory. And when you are wrong, promptly admit it, which I love. I love that. Easy. It's like, who couldn't benefit from that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This all sounds great. Yeah, I know. (laughs) 11 is to then continue your contact with your spiritual practice. And 12 is getting the message, just saying, oh, like you need help. This is what I do. Maybe it'll work for you. Well, even this right now and you sitting with us, like even if you have, even just to let people be aware of these steps and aware of this program, aware of this, like this sounds amazing yeah. to me. <laughs> because step one is I'm powerless over alcohol, but it could be I'm powerless over yeah. obsessive thinking. I'm powerless over donuts. I am powerless over yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. I'm par- and then you use the steps and it works. I mean, it's it, to me, like, I'm still kind of high on like the wow, this really this like this process is so genius because it really works and you can really see. But you have to work it. You have to like you have it's a practice. And I think people, and it's a daily practice. I think people think like, oh, I have to be like under a bridge with a needle in my arm to be an addict. Like what? I'm not an addict. I'm like, you literally drink like, every is, night. Is there anything that you do that like you feel like has control over you in some way? If you do then you can apply these steps and it'll work for you. I mean, I feel like the 12 step comes so naturally once you've gotten there, I feel like, which I have not gotten there yet. But like, because it's like, you've seen that it works.
work. So it's like you want to share anytime something like really works and you really benefit from it. Like you, you always want to share it. You always want to pay it forward. What and would it, you say was the hardest step for you? And what was the most rewarding step? Well, the hardest step. Or maybe mm. the hardest step that you, you know, amongst your peers, what, what's like a common hard step for people? My, my, mine is the, was the first step in mm. admitting that you're powerless because it's so hard when you have a high bottom to be able to say like, I like that. I'm high not bottom. powerless. I like that. Like, I've never heard I'm that. I'm not powerless because these are all the times in my life when it's been fine. Yeah. Or I'm not, but then you just, you just get tired of being, t- you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Can, and I like, like the high bottom. Can you elaborate on that? A high bottom is like when you probably could keep on for the rest of your life using the this process of whatever you're numbing with, but you're going to be, I, I would have been living a life that is much less enjoyable, functional, Quality. connected, all the things and it probably would have progressively gotten worse at some point. Mm. You know, who knows how who knows how bad it could have gotten, but like I'm not willing to find, find out. out. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Great. That's a high <laughs> that's a high bottom. But but sometimes I'm not gonna lie, I almost wish it was like more clear to me, just so that um I didn't have to like keep going back and forth being like should I be doing this? Maybe I'll just try it. Cause I tried a lot of different ways. It's like, maybe I'll just do red wine or maybe I'll just yeah. do alcohol, but like no Adderall or maybe I'll just do Adderall, but no alcohol. That was, that one was the worst one. <laughs> I'm currently going through that because I've been recently turned off by drinking. I call myself like a Cabo drinker. It's like, if I go to Cabo, no kids, I'm not fun, let yeah. loose, all the things. So I can expect that you'll be a Cabo drinker. At the yes, I, I will November. be a okay. Cabo drinker. We're, we're all about to go to Olivia's yeah. bachelorette I, in Cabo in a but week. But I even told Aurora, because I was like, how are you feeling going into this? Because she's, you know, sober. And and I'm so proud of you. I'm Thank so proud you. of both of you. I told her, like, don't worry, like, I'm not going to be that drunk, like, except for maybe one that one day I'm really excited about. But alcohol is kind of I've turned off when I go out. I'll have like a drink now. Like we were just at Tyler's reunion. And then he gives me just like a soda water with lime. It looks like I'm having a drink and I'm being social. But like I have no hangover. I feel great. I don't feel icky or sick mm. or anything like that or puffy. And I don't have like that next day shame. So I'm interested in it. I have the debate in my head where I'm struggling to give up marijuana. That's something that that's like my vice. That's like how I clock out at the end of the day. Do you feel like you need it every day? I need it every day. Do you feel like it's causing problems in your life? I don't. The only thing, the only thing (laughs) though is I, but I, but I know it's like that, what you said, a high bottom. It's like, I know it's not adding value. The only way it's adding value right now for me is that it's like easing me off the end of a crazy day because every day is crazy. But then I go back to what you just said. It's like, is that just the divide? Like like what I'm using for what is really going on of my obsession and my thinking and my OCD? Try the like, 12 steps. I'm, I'm very turned on to try <laughs> to turn those 12 steps. I mean, this is, it, it, in my head, I know it's not adding value aside from letting me turn off my brain. Okay, everybody. I rarely am blown away by skincare products. I feel like I get sent different stuff all the time. Sometimes I like things, sometimes not so much, but you know, I am rarely just blown away. But I'm not going to lie, I have been blown away now. Delavi Sciences has totally blown me away with their Eonia age defying skincare. They have a defying serum and they also have an eye refresh. So I'm going to back up. I'm just going to tell you this is called Delavi Sciences. 
They bring you skincare that's backed by science. It's clinically tested, scientifically proven, and dermatologist approved. I tried the Ionia age-defying serum, and it seriously, it it's hydrating, it improves the skin elasticity, it diminishes fine lines and wrinkles, and it evens out the skin tone. And I noticed this pretty immediately. Like my skin looks so much better than it did a week ago and I've been using it morning and night. They also have an Ionia Eye Refresh, also amazing. I can't say enough about the results. And this is science-backed. These guys know what they're talking about. So if you visit delaviesciences.com and use code BARELYFILTERED, you get 20% off your purchase. And that's D-E-L-A-V-I-E sciences.com and code BARELYFILTERED for 20% off your purchase. D-E-L-A-V-I-E sciences.com and code barely filtered for 20% off your purchase. And that's delaviesciences.com and code barely filtered for 20% off your purchase. Okay, guys, it is the holidays. It's amazing. It's fabulous. It's magical, but it's also very stressful. I mean, there's food, there's drinks everywhere. You've got family visiting in and out of the house. It's kind of beautiful chaos, we'll call it. So I've really been leaning into HelloFresh this holiday season. With HelloFresh, you can get farm fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. This skips all the time and trips to the grocery store and it allows me to count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and most importantly, affordable. In this day and age, affordability is key and with three kids, I'm looking for ease of use as well. And that is why it is number one meal kit in America. So the holidays around the corner, HelloFresh can help you take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, saving you tons of time. So that way, honestly, less time cooking, prepping, stressing in the kitchen. I can bring my kids along because everything's already pre-diced out exactly how you need. We can have fun together. It's quick, it's easy, and most importantly, it is healthy. So go to HelloFresh.com slash barely filtered free and use code barely filtered free for free breakfast for life. Damn, I'm reading this. I'm like, I got to use this. Okay. One more time. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash barely filtered free with code barely filtered free. And I hope you enjoy. Happy holidays. Step into a world of nonstop action on DraftKings Casino. Play the classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots. Plus, enjoy exclusive games you can't find anywhere else. All you have to do is sign up, select the offer, make your deposit, and start playing from a full suite of games. Your way is the only way to play on DraftKings Casino. You play online, on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. So you download DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code BARELYFILTERED. New customers can get a deposit match up to $500 in casino credits when you deposit only $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code BARELYFILTERED. DraftKings Casino promo code BARELYFILTERED. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www. 
1-800-GAMBLER.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly, 21 or older. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. One per opt-in in new customer. Minimum $5 deposit. Mix match 500 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. You but- should try the 12 steps, but I know Kara has a firm stance because I've heard her say this before about like choosing not to drink because it's not healthy or choosing that is not the same thing as addiction. And it's insulting to like kind of compare the two because there are people who are fighting for their lives. What do you say about that? I would like to refrain that because I don't know that I think it's insulting. I don't like it when people try to like appropriate like sober culture as like the same as someone with alcoholism, if that makes sense. They're different things. They're different things. But both have so much value in having a conversation. But I think, like I said, just because you're a quote unquote hard partier, someone who maybe even is a problem drinker or a problem drug user and you want to stop. That's amazing. And there's a conversation for that. But I don't think that that's the same as someone who has alcoholism. And mm-hmm. so conflating the two, I think it could be, you know, could have consequences for people who are really trying to understand their own relationship with alcohol and drugs. Because mm-hmm. those two are totally different relationships. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I have friends who like have gotten sober and then they're, they kind of shift out of maybe the idea that they're an alcoholic or a drug addict, they're like, oh, I just went through a phase in my life where like I was just partying too hard. Mm -hmm. And now my life is so much better without a drink and a drug and I never want to do it. But they don't have the same thinking issues. They're not, you know, strung out and hung up on the way that their mind is going. You know what I mean? Like They're still functioning and able to maintain relationships and not burning every bridge in their life as a result of the you know, Mm. mental health component of it. Mm -hmm. And that I think, what a great choice to make for yourself. Like, I've never heard anyone be like, I quit drinking and my life got worse. You know what I mean? (laughs) Without without like a spiritual tool, you know what I mean? Like most people, they don't drink and they feel better. They're, you know, much more present for their daily life. And so I would say that those people may or may not be alcoholics. But I think there are people who like, their lives are completely powerless and unmanageable when they use drugs and alcohol and those people have an allergy to alcohol, they're alcoholics and they need a spiritual solution to their problems. Just two different conversations. Totally. I just don't like it when people are like, oh, I'm sober, but... It's kind of trendy right now. That's the thing. It's like, don't conflate the trend with like, the disease. Yeah. It's like there's a, people are dying. Yeah. So like let's have the yeah. conversation like no you're choosing to not drink and use and you're living a sober life which is great which is amazing. Yeah. That's different than recovery. Totally. I wonder sometimes I wonder though just playing devil's advocate it's like okay maybe right now I'm just sober but if I kept on keeping on maybe eventually I would have been that alcoholic. Like you know it's like maybe there's like a threshold that like once you get over it, then like then you graduate into the new label or something. I don't know. Like, who knows? Can you quit and not pick up again? Well, or I haven't you... picked it up. Oh, like, well, so, but without the 12 steps. I mean, it has it never worked out for me before. <laughs> well, then there's your answer. Yeah. I mean, who? yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. There's a lot of the other things that I'm like, oh, I want to kick that. 
But I, then when I don't, but then like, I'll be like, have like a compulsive moment and be like, actually, I'm just going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I, it's like, I hear what you're saying, or because it's, I hear what you're saying too, Kara, because I would classify based on what you just said. <laughs> cannot look at your dog right now. Is his, t- <laughs> is his tongue sticking out of his mouth? Shabby like, got all of his teeth removed and his so tongue cute. does not stay in his mouth. Um, I haven't stopped smoking since I was 14. So, so I, I make, but I can function. But to what you're saying, it's like, I've never really tried to not stop. So I don't know if I can stop. I mean, I know I can't. I, I, I know I can do yeah, it. It's like, but but is you your know, li- are you powerless over it? And does I don't, your life become unmanageable? I don't think it's become unmanageable. There you go. Yeah. So it's it, it, a choice. So yeah. What, it, would, what would you say to people who claim, um, are addicts or say they're addicts? Or claim, I don't know. I want to be in a touchy subject. But what is an addict who says they're California sober? What are your thoughts on that? And what is that? Like, it's like, what, you still smoke weed? I think you dated one of those, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No comment. No, No, that was an addict. (laughs) I I believe that if you suffer from the disease of alcoholism and addiction, that if you drink it, snort it, shoot it, or smoke it, you're still using a mind-altering solution to a problem. If you are someone who is a hard drinker and feel like you can no longer drink, but you can smoke weed and that works for you, more power to you. But I think recovery, in my experience and how I see it work, is if you're truly an addict and you suffer from the disease, addiction and alcoholism, abstinence, true abstinence is the only way to recover from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I've, t- I, that's what I experienced when I, when I tried to do the, like, I'll just take Adderall, but I won't drink. Yeah. And then like, I was at fashion week and I took Adderall and then I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to have a drink because I'm fucking cracked out. Yeah. <laughs> like it does it for it. And it's, that's the thing. It's like, you. I was trying to numb the restless discontentness in myself. And then once you get that num- numbing, like, every decision you make from there is not going to be from your sound mind. (laughs) Like, and also I have kids, you know, I mean, I think not that honestly, when you're really in the throes of addiction, you don't care about anything. Like you don't, you're not thinking it's not your mind. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. But I think for me, like having kids and knowing that, like, do I want to wait this out and see if it could get worse? It's like, no, it's just, it's not about me anymore. It's not an option. And one thing that I want to, that was hard for me and I hope people, I want to ask you how you think people could feel more comfortable about this is like if you're not ready to call yourself something like label yourself and you're not in a place like we are. I'm so grateful for L.A. where they have like all the cool meetings and all a lot of kids, kids, I call ourselves, I call us kids, a lot of people our age, like somebody who's in the middle of Oklahoma and feels like the only alcoholic they know is like has a paper bag outside. Like, where do you go? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, when I grew up in El Paso, Texas, like no one talked about alcoholism, not that it didn't exist or that Mm -hmm. we didn't know people who were alcoholics. In fact, my mom just called me the other day. I was driving. I drove two and a half hours to share my story of recovery to a group of young people in in like Laguna Beach. And I was like talking to my mom and that whole ride there. And she was like, oh, did you know so and so? And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I felt like she was one of us, like one of us being like an alcoholic. She's like, well, it turns out she just died of cirrhosis of the liver. So she was, you know, but I think it's so highly stigmatized and there's so much shame surrounding Mm -hmm. it. 
that people don't speak about it. And so for that person who's considering their relationship with alcohol and their own powerlessness and unmanageability, you know, the best thing about, you know, 12 step meetings now is that they're all over Zoom. So you can like go to a meeting, keep your screen off, just listen here. There's young people's meetings. There's Hollywood meetings. There's New York meetings. There's meetings in London. Like you can just go and listen and you might hear something that you identify with. And if so, you can reach out to that person and ask them how. I think it's like it starts with just a willingness, you know, and they have to answer you. They will answer you because of the 12 step. (laughs) Never say no. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's part. It's that was one of the things that was kind of a culture shock for me. And people are like, people are dying to help you because it's their life is on the line, too. Like, they need to keep doing the steps and the 12 step is to help other people. So it's like they're like, are you sure you don't need help? I'd really love to help you. It's like, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's like, I'm I'm busy. (laughs) I don't really need to be here. I'm just Kara's friend. I'm just (laughs) sitting in. (laughs) No, but that's the great thing is like, listen, you you know, whether you're sober, curious, struggling with your own relationship with alcohol, have a friend or a family member that struggled, have hit a point, you know, where you've decided you're ready for a different way of living alcohol free. Like there's an openness and a willingness for people who want to show you what worked for them. And you can take what you want and leave the rest. Yeah. And has it your story, because you're also in film and an actress and, and all the things, which I love. You're so artsy and creative. And I know your dream is to like do indie films, you know. <laughs> but you have, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been working on a film? Yeah, I've been. Tell wor- us about it. Yeah, I've been working on a documentary that, you know, that I've been like researching and sort of building for the last almost two years about the treatment industry and what happens in the treatment industry. Treatment, skincare treatment? <laughs> drugs and alcohol <laughs> Drugs treatment. and alcohol. I okay. heard it's like, that's where you get the good drugs is in rehab. Really? what I've heard. I don't know. Oh, I've never been to rehab. See, yeah, I, rehab. I went a little further. I would have gone there. <laughs> She's like, this. where do I go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But so profiling sort of some of the practices that happen in the lack of regulation in the treatment industry. I mean, I think it's, oh. I think it's important. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, you know, too like kitschy about it. I'm just, we're in the process of the edit and, and getting ready to take it out. And so I just, you know, I want to make sure that I like protect that part of it. But um, I think what's clear is that we live in a society, although it's definitely evolving, where people who suffer from drugs and alcohol are often considered morally wrong, right? And it's not viewed as a disease. People think that you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And what they don't realize is that people who suffer from alcoholism are powerless over it. And they're easy to exploit. We're vulnerable people, untreated. And unfortunately, anytime you look at an industry that's for profit, there's people who are ready, willing, and able to exploit that. And so the, the documentary is about that. That wow. sounds amazing. That sounds so good. And it sounds like like Netflix. Like it sounds like something yeah. that, that I would... Are you shopping it around or is it already... So what is yeah. that... Okay. Can, so. Can you tell people what that means? Like, so you're at this point, what does it mean to shop around for people who aren't like familiar oh, with the okay. industry? Oh, okay. So basically, so so right now the landscape of entertainment, I don't know if you guys have covered it, but there was a very long writer strike. 
And now there is a SAG strike, which SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. So anyone who is a writer or an actor has basically been unemployed for the last, (laughs) I don't know, like five months. And I had been developing this project, this documentary, and I was sort of in the research stage and I had this production company and basically the strike happened and I was like, okay, well, God's doing for me what I can't do for myself. I guess the only thing that I can focus on right now is this documentary film. And so it was like right before my 38th birthday and I got a crew together and we went down to South Florida, which is like where this documentary takes place. Why did you pick there? There's a lot of rehab centers there, right? Yeah, it's the rehab and relapse capital of the world. Wow. Really? Rehab and re- and that's so funny. Not funny, but that's like I feel like I always made that joke, which now I will never make because I am a reformed person. But it was I'm always <laughs> like I'm always like you're either older or a drug addict if you move to Florida. Not no. Not <laughs> yeah. Or a Republican. Yeah. Or a Republican. Kristen, yeah. are you moving anytime yeah. soon? I'm not I'm getting pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead. No. But By I, the way, we can all still be friends, guys. Yeah, she, Kara and right Kristen here. could not be on further sides of the political but spectrum. We, That's why I'm sitting in between yeah. them. So yeah. Literally. <laughs> but we have had, I will say, I want to go back to your documentary, but we have had amazing conversations where we have both learned and we could not be on further sides of the spectrum and we are still friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think being able to disagree is a very underrated value. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like you can agree to disagree. Like Mm -hmm. just full stop. Without making it about like, well, you're a bad person though. (laughs) You can learn. A hundred percent. And we have had really amazing conversations. And ultimately what I learned when I have conversations with people who hold different opinions than I hold is really that actually we are more alike than we are different. And in the 12-step program that I practice, we always say focus on the similarities and not the differences. And I practice that principle in all of my affairs. But we all want the same things. Mm -hmm. We just have two different ideas of how to get to those things. And if I am only sitting in an echo chamber of like-minded people, well, man, I'm missing the point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the chills. Yeah, it's like I got to be able to listen and learn. Look what is happening right now in the world. It's like not for just give me like an hour away from it. (laughs) No, but I'm just (laughs) saying like, uh, could you imagine if instead of just like spewing our own opinion in an echo chamber of people who think the same way that we think we were able to have a broader conversation with people Mm. we didn't agree with? Maybe maybe then mm-hmm. could we find a path towards a solution? Mm-hmm. Just a path. Mm-hmm. I know. I think everyone just needs to practice the 12 steps. Exactly. <laughs> Not no. <laughs> I'm like ready to start passing out pamphlets on the side of the street. Okay. Because we'll remember our principal attraction, not promotion. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not a Jehovah's oh, Witness. So like, you're not supposed to like strong arm people basically because it will basically, well, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. And that's hard for me because I am, kind of preachy that's my Sagittarius rising like I'm a little bit of a know-it-all and like when people aren't ready for something I'm like just be ready because it makes sense <laughs> I will say too because I've been told some negative comments I'm preachy and it's like yeah that's why we're on a podcast to no. like to, we're not preaching we feel like sometimes we have information just like you were saying with the 12 steps and you want to share you're like oh my gosh I learned this I want to help other people and sharing maybe sometimes my delivery is not the best but the point is like we're and just like we're having this discussion here mm-hmm. it's like we want to share like, please let me like, this has helped you. This has helped you. Like, yeah. 
let me help you too. Maybe you help one person or someone with a, a mom who's ill or a friend who needs to an intervention. It's like, yeah, this is why we're doing this. That's our goal, share. at least. That's our goal. But we're willing to learn. Maybe we're Always. maybe we're not hitting the mark. You know, you never know. <laughs> we're learning. Also, people don't have to listen. Yeah, yeah but yeah. please do. Please, um, we need principles over personalities, right? It's like if the principle is sharing, then like, and the person, you don't necessarily like the personality. It's just like remove that. Yeah. That's mm. another 12 step slogan we use I'm yeah there's so, so many much. good ones which kristen's gonna hate now i'm gonna have like a whole new book full. i of, love like, it of i my, love this but, but i'm always i'm always saying like those oh, like kitschy little like one-liners yeah. and now i have all a bunch of new like ones. you can't have the apple unless you plant the seed that's a good one did you come up with that on <laughs> your own you can't eat the apple the same day you plant the seed yeah something like that i don't know you tell me aurora yeah I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, yeah. She does a lot of them. I got a lot of those. Um, anyway. Okay, so you're shopping around this documentary. Yeah, so, okay, so basically, sorry, back to that, but we digress. So, so basically, I went out, like, I self-funded it. There was nothing going on. We stayed in, like, a very modest Kara uh, <laughs> bougie AF by the way she tries to be really humble that's one of the, her, the things she works on <laughs> yeah. one of my defects of character yeah, that's that one I'm of Kara's defects working of character. on you know we stayed in very modest accommodations in Florida and I spent like you know probably like 14 hours a day just like shooting this documentary and it was literally the best experience of my life. I was like wow. petrified. When, How did you, when did you do this? It was over my birthday week. So last year? This past August. Oh, and you did this, this past August. And you did this over a week? Yeah. See, that's another thing people don't realize with like films and documentaries. Like you can film something in a week. It's oh, like yeah. the editing and the production and, and mm-hmm. like the promoting. Honestly, that takes a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah and we've been in the edit for like months now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's like wild. Wow. But but yeah, I mean, it. W- and so basically now we have what's called a sizzle, which is, you know, seven minutes of, you know, the story arc. And you take that to your buyers. So your buyers being Netflix or HBO films or whatever. And then they basically make you an offer to purchase the product. Mm-hmm. And then that is how a sell is done. That's so, so exciting. And then do they own the rights to, to that? Well, it depends on the deal, but okay. they would own basically what would be called the the distribution. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. I can't wait to watch it. So we're going to have to follow you and we can follow you at Kara Santana on Instagram and then hopefully. Yeah, Kara Santana. (laughs) (laughs) And then hopefully soon we'll find out like where we can watch it. Right. Yeah. We're probably a year away, but I mean, these things take like she said, take time, but. But yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. And, and it's been a cool And life. lastly, where can, if anyone's interested, I can't with your dog. <laughs> if anyone's interested in the 12 steps, what is one tool they can go out right now and start to learn about? Mm. By the book? Is it a book? It's a great question. I would say Google recovery from drugs and alcohol and a lot of information will pop up. It's a good answer. Or DM me. <laughs> yeah. Love. Yeah. I always respond to my DMs about this. Mm-hmm. I love that because I love being a Ask the Google you're doing your you're serving <laughs> others service there you go service, service. love yes. it love thank it. you so much thank you so this much. is amazing love you guys love you please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode